0: Welcome to the Doyen of Death podcast, funeral planning for those who don't plan to die. It's all about end of life issues and getting the conversation started about our 100% mortality rate. This series is hosted by Gail Rubin, certified thanatologist and the Doyen of Death. A Doyen is a woman who's considered senior in a group and knows a lot about a particular subject. Well, that's Gail. She knows all about creating the party no one wants to plan, a funeral or memorial service. She discusses the changes death can bring, and she'll make you laugh. This series includes episodes previously released as A Good Goodbye, a treasure trove of evergreen podcasts about funeral planning issues. This podcast reveals some of the mysteries and shares advice and tools that can reduce stress at times of grief, minimize family conflict, and help create a good goodbye. Remember, just as talking about sex won't make you pregnant, Talking about funerals won't make you dead, and your family will benefit from the conversation. So here to talk about the subjects we sometimes avoid is author, speaker, and the doyen of death, Gail Rubin.
1: One of the most highly trafficked blog posts on the Family Plot blog is about Greek Orthodox funeral traditions. I've attended two such services and they're quite beautiful. There's chanting, there's symbolism, and there are elements that are baffling for outsiders and even baffling perhaps for members of the Greek Orthodox community who might not know their own traditions. I find that happens sometimes in uh, in other faiths that uh, they don't know their own traditions, what the symbols stand for. And within the Greek Orthodox Church, there are many different services associated with funerals, and then there are um, different sects within the Orthodox Church. You have Greek Orthodox is probably the biggest, but there are other ones, Antiochian Orthodox, Carpatho-Russian Orthodox, Romanian Orthodox, Russian Orthodox, Serbian, and Ukrainian. And the number of Orthodox adherents in the U.S. is almost 4.2 million people. So we have a lot of people who are in... The Greek Orthodox Church, and I am very pleased to uh, help us find out more about Greek Orthodox funeral traditions. Father Conan Gill, who is with the Saint George Greek Orthodox Church in Albuquerque, New Mexico, welcome, Father Conan.
2: Thank you. It's good to be I with. I really,
1: you. oh, I really appreciate you taking the time to help uh, enlighten our listeners and uh, the people who read my blog post about. Uh, Greek Orthodox funeral traditions happy to help so when somebody dies in the Greek Orthodox church at, are there different services uh, before they die? Is there such a thing like last rites like the Catholic Church used to do
2: no we, well we don 't really ha- we don 't have last rites um, uh, you know I guess okay. as far as like the Catholics. Um, or as the listeners may think of that the Catholics do, um, the last rites in the Orthodox Church is really just living a life in Christ, and it would be taking communion and offering a last confession uh, mm-hmm. before passing
1: mm-hmm. um,
2: so that's that's and basically it the but um, if you 'd like me to talk a little bit about the about the service itself
1: uh, yes um, i is, I understand sort of like as the Catholics do you 've got. An evening service, maybe before the day of the funeral, uh, but it's not a rosary. It's called triceon, uh, am a, I pronouncing that?
2: A triceon. A triceon, okay. Uh, it, means, it means thrice holy.
1: Okay. Thrice holy. And, and so what happens with that uh, and on the day of the funeral and then yeah. uh, the burial afterwards?
2: Okay. Well, um, let me kind of walk you through... Um, Kind of what um, an Orthodox funeral kind of ceremony uh, service would look like, um, you know first off, I'd like to say that the the funeral service itself that we see today goes back to the end of the fifth and the sixth centuries. Um, so it's very old, um, but kind of the instructions of the of the church that the church gives us um, are as kind of follows like like you said, the Tresayan service is done on the evening before. Um, the funeral has customarily been held, and it's usually done at the funeral home. Um, although it could be done at um, a person's a person's home also. Um, and then the after that, um, it's not usually well, held at a church. Like if it was a priest mm-hmm. that had passed away, a priest uh, um, the priest, would be held in the in the in the church itself, and the and the priest's body would stay overnight. But for the for a layperson, the trisign is usually done at the funeral home um, or at their personal home. And um, then the next day, uh, the person is brought into the church, um, and the casket is carried in uh, by pallbearers, preceded by the priest um, who is vested and he carries a censer and he chants um, Iosoteos, Icidos, or Um, holy god holy mighty and he chants us in a slow and somber cadence and he kind of leads um the casket and the pallbearers and the family into the church and the casket is arranged on the solea which is the area right above uh, um right in front of the iconostasis where the icons are and the head of the deceased person is facing west um towards the congregation, but almost like this individual was standing up, attending the service himself or herself. Mm -hmm. And the feet are towards the the Holy of Holies, the altar. Um, And the interesting thing is that the casket um, should almost always be opened for the funeral unless the body is disfigured or... um, not presentable, like in the case of an accident or, or fire decomposition of the body or something like that. The casket is always open, and it's really to show the reality of death, and that kind of, um, kind of makes some people uneasy. And, and many people ask that the, the casket be closed, but um, really for, for proper reasons it should be open. Um, and it's at that point that the, the priest begins um, the funeral service, and he does so facing the congregation, um, the priest chants um, from, the, from the, the royal gate, the beautiful gate facing the congregation. Um, and at one point, uh, he, he chants a song, uh, a hymn called Among the Saints, and the priest senses the body um, on, on all four sides. And, and then we hear some beautiful hymns um, by St. John of Damascus, and these hymns are chanted in the eight modes of music, which the Church offers. And it's kind of an interesting thing, because the priest... It's almost like um, the priest and the deceased um, are having a conversation with the congregation. Um, and then after that, the, the priest will, uh, will hear a, a, a reading from the epistle... Uh, in the gospel uh, the priest will preach um, a homily, um, which is always on the theme of the resurrection um, and it, it, and then um, cause, and, and no person is I'll say no person is allowed to to preach or say anything um, during the service itself. Um, no eulogy is given it's just mm-hmm. usually um, a sermon on the resurrection. Um, Eulogies can be given uh, later on um, during the Makaria or something like that. But um, at the end of the, of the service, uh, the priest, um, again, uh, leads the, the body, the deceased, out of the church chanting mm-hmm. and, um, um, and um, leads the, the congregation uh, to the cemetery where we once again have a trisayan like we did the night before. hmm So, um, and then after now, that, there's usually a, like a, a, a mercy meal, a macarilla.
1: Mm-hmm. And is that at the church or at someone's home?
2: The macarilla can be, it can be at either. Um, typically, they'll have it in the church hall um, or, you know, they're welcome. Many people have it at a restaurant of their choice or at their at their home. Um it's not, it's uh, pretty open as to where they can go with that.
1: Okay. And now, a number of questions that have shown up on my blog pertain to what actually happens at the burial Mm. at the cemetery. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, my understanding was that the sign of the cross is arranged on top of the casket out of, I don't know, earth or wheat,
2: well, um, yeah, let me back up. Like During the, um, during the funeral service itself in the church, um, there is a point um, after the sermon um, and before the casket is closed, uh, the priest will come up um, and he will, um, he will pour a small portion of oil and earth on the body of the deceased in the shape of the cross. Um, it's usually... Over the heart, and the priest says, um, while he's while he's doing that, he says, he says, sprinkle me with hyssop, and I shall be pure. Cleanse me, and I shall be whiter than snow. And then, and then he cast the the sand or the earth um, on the body, saying, the earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world and all that dwell in it. You are dirt into dirt. You shall return. Um, mm. He does that now. And that's kind of an interesting thing because um, you know the the oil is is uh, is olive oil, and mm-hmm. um, olive oil in the ancient world was used as an uh, an ointment of healing. Um, you know, if you were mm-hmm. bruised or if you were hurt. In fact, you know, I have friends that that even today, when their son or daughter gets hurt, you know, their the grandfather, the papu, will even uh, massage um, oil into their skin, like for a bruise or a cut or something like that. So it's always been seen as an, Asian, an agent of healing. But mm-hmm. oil is also used, I mean, it's um, it's really to, you know, reaffirm a messianic sonship. Um, you know, we have the prophets in the Old Testament and, you know, the kings and the queens who were mm-hmm. anointed with oil uh, to show their relationship Um you know, as, a, as royalty. And um, so it, it's used as a, as a sign of preservation and okay. to really reaffirm our chrismation and our baptism.
1: Great. Well, we're coming up on our first break, so we're going to take a, a short two-minute break, and we'll be right back continuing our conversation with Father Conan Gill.
0: Gail Rubin, the Doyen of Death has been producing Before I Die festivals for years. These festivals get end-of-life planning conversations started by putting the fun in funeral planning. Outside the Box activities break down barriers to discussing death and planning for our 100 percent mortality rate. And now Gail has created the Before I Die Festival in a Box. The comprehensive guide to producing your own community festival. It includes everything you need to create a successful event, how to find sponsors, build a team, market the event, schedule speakers, topics for discussion, workshop ideas, and much, much more. To learn how to get your Before I Die Festival in a Box, visit BeforeIDieFestivals.com or call 505-265-7215.
1: 505-265-7215. Welcome back. We're continuing our conversation with Father Conan Gill with St. George Greek Orthodox Church about Greek Orthodox funeral traditions. So when we were going to the break, um, you talked about in the funeral service, the casket, unless, unless the body has been disfigured Mm -hmm. the tradition is to keep it open the whole time Mm -hmm. that's very interesting because i've noticed that most other churches during the service itself the casket gets closed but maybe they'll open it up again at the end
2: yes and Uh, mm -hmm.
1: is is there a tradition also of people who are attending the funeral filing past the casket and um you know, paying their last respects to that person.
2: Yes, for sure. Um, you know, the the Orthodox Church they understand that that the the body is is very important. It's something sacred. It's the temple of the Holy Spirit, and so we give it a lot of respect. Um, you know, so at the end of the service, the the congregants are allowed to come up and. Um, come up and for a viewing, and to say really, but even more than that, it's it's um, to give a farewell kiss, to say a prayer, and um, then to give condolences to the family. Um, but the church is is very interested in people understanding the understanding the reality of of, of death. That you know that it's there that it's you know it's it's always present it's looming um, not that we're to be um, you know taken back and and to be emotionally destroyed uh, we're to grieve as though you know we're not to grieve as those who have no hope uh, but we have a hope in the resurrection but we are to come to terms with with what is going and that you know that we have to we have to live our life um, in a godly way. Uh, way, um, following, you know, our understanding of what it means to be uh, Christians, Um, but it is open, and a lot of people do want to, um, you know, close the casket, and, um, you know, they want to put a lot of make, make sure there's a lot of makeup on the body, um, you know, and if, if, you know, it even looks, people look, you know, better dead oftentimes than they did while they were alive.
1: It's mm-hmm. kind of strange or
2: hard to recognize them, but you, but you know if you go into the old countries, I mean, pe- people there, you know, they when they pass away, they're buried within a day or two because they're you know they they are not being they're not being preserved, uh, they're not being embalmed. So you know you know one of my my friends, um, you know, or they're in Greece or in the old countries, you know, like Romania and, and Russia and this kind of places when a person passes away, it's time to do the funeral, so it's very close. And, and the family sees, you know, people turning all different colors because they're not going to put, you know, all the makeup on them and this kind of thing, and they light the incense, so there's not a smell, but it's, you know, it's a, it's kind of important because it gives you a touch of reality. Um, mm-hmm. Not really kind of the, the way we do things in this country where we just try to throw a bunch of makeup on it and hide it, um, mm-hmm. you know hide away the reality.
1: But here in the United States, uh, embalming is done on the bodies? Is it, And is the funeral done quickly or within mm-hmm. a week? Or what kind of time frame do you look at?
2: Right. And, you know, I would say I'm not a funeral director, but my understanding is that, um, you know, a person does not have to be embalmed um, and right. you know, if, can, if something they is can going be
1: refrigerated, yeah. right.
2: They can be refrigerated. And that, that is oftentimes the case. Um, I've had many funerals where the, where the person, you know, wasn't embalmed and it was okay. We could still, um, you know, open the casket and that kind of thing. If, if, but if, again, if there's, if there's big problems, like unfortunately I buried a young teenage girl who, um, had been ravaged by cancer, and it was very hard for the family and they had you know had seen her waste away for so long um, they requested that the that the casket not be opened and and um, I followed that request, but at the end of course, I have to open the the casket to do the anointing, but we didn't allow a public um, viewing, which is mm-hmm. fine, mm-hmm. so we you know tried to be um, understanding to what the needs and the situation of each family is also.
1: Mm-hmm. So, um,
2: but you ask- know, the interesting thing is I, one thing I didn't touch upon is in the old country in Greece and this kind of thing, a person is buried, and I think it's for three three years. And uh, of course, they're not embalmed, and after three years, the body is um, is is taken out of the ground, and the bones are washed in, I believe, it's olive oil and wine, and then it's put in the family sarcophagus.
1: So Somebody kind of asked about that, and, and I was like, well, I know that the Victorians used to dig up a body after a year and kind of just look death in the face, mm-hmm. but they actually uh, do that, and um, do you know the reasoning behind
2: that? Yes, uh, yes. the reason is, is because um, it's through that process that oftentimes uh, someone is found out to be a saint. Um, In fact, we have many instances where uh, someone is buried for a number of years, and their body simply does not deteriorate, but emits a a myrrh, a sweet-smelling oil, and that's one of the signs of of sainthood, of of blessedness. So Mm -hmm. um, many times, um, you know, of course, there's usually other things surrounding that as well, it would be surprising for, you know, somebody who's a scoundrel to be, maybe, or who we'd think is a scoundrel to be um, unearthed and to be, you know, pouring myrrh, but it, it could happen. Um, so it's one of those ways that that, that we recognize uh, saints and the people, mm-hmm. very holy people.
1: So, is there then a process for naming these people saints?
2: Yeah, that's... Uh, you know what? There's not. There's not like I. I, th- I think this week um, we had two popes uh, named as saints, mm-hmm. and um, it's a very different process in the Orthodox Church than it is in the Catholic Church. In the Orthodox, in the Catholic Church, it's um, um, very systematic, um, and in the Orthodox Church, it's not like that at all. It's oftentimes more of a grassroots um, kind of effort. Um, but there's no real there's no set procedure which is very interesting i think.
1: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Well, and the icons that are decorating the church I'm sorry, what did you call that part of the church where all the icons are located?
2: Yeah, that, the icons are located on the soleia.
1: Soleia, okay. Mm-hmm. Now, those would be your more old-time traditional saints, I'm guessing.
2: They actually follow. Um, there's a formula to where the icons um, are in the church, how they're situated, and especially so on the on the iconostasis. Um, it's you know if you find the royal gate, um, which is that center gate, um, they are mm-hmm. the biggest one, and you you always you look to the right, you will always have the icon of Christ. Um, And to the left of that gate, you will always have an icon of the Theotokos, which is Mary holding the Christ child. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, if you go to the left of of Mary, you always have the Theotokos, you always have the icon of the church. So if you walk into St. George and you find the Theotokos and you look to the left, you'll always see the icon of, if you're in St. George, you'll see St. George if you're at Holy Trinity, you'll see Holy Trinity. If you're St. Nicholas, you'll see St. Nicholas. Um, and then going back to the other side, um, you have Christ, and then always to the right is John the Baptist. Um, so, and then uh, to the other side, you have the the deacon's doors, and those are always the angels, uh, mm-hmm. Michael and Gabriel. But after that, they can, the icons can really be, uh, you know, can be really anything. Uh, hmm the formula ends.
1: Now, do icons play a role um, in the funeral observations?
2: Well, they're always there. You know, we're looking at them, and they're looking at us. Um, you know, with a funeral, um, we will take out an icon of the resurrection, um, so that will always be placed um, close to the casket. Um, and when people come up to um, give a last kiss or to to um say a prayer over the newly deceased um, they will be given a chance at that time to to venerate uh, the icon of the resurrection okay. so it reminds us it gives us you know a reminder even at these times when it gosh it seems you know things seem so hopeless and sad uh you know what we're looking forward to is the resurrection
1: mm-hmm w- one of the questions that had been posted on the uh, blog was is there an equivalent to making a contribution to, for a Catholic mass card? And we only have about two minutes till our next break, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm not sure if there is any equivalent um, with can icons me, or.
2: Can you tell um, me what what is a mass card? I'm not sure I, that I know what that is.
1: Um. Well, I know when I've gone to Catholic funerals, you get a card that's got a little prayer on the back and usually uh, on the other side either an angel or okay. some some of their, but I'm guessing maybe that's sort of like making a contribution to the church.
2: Um, I don't know, you know, people will do a card oftentimes that will have the person's, maybe, you know, the Lord's Prayer, the person's favorite memory verse on it, on one side or a little bit about that person, and on the other side they there typically will be an icon. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, an icon of Christ or an icon of the Resurrection, something mm-hmm. like that. But, um, you know, that's that's not within. That's you know outside of of really the funeral. There's no there's no you know rubrics about that. It's yeah. It, that's um, you know something extra. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you know, um, they'll have something.
1: Okay. Well, we're going to head into another break here, and when we come back, we will continue our conversation with Father Conan Gill with St. George Greek Orthodox Church about all the fascinating aspects of Greek Orthodox funerals, and as well as the religion. I'm learning a lot here today. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Uh, I really appreciate it. We'll be right back. You're listening to A Good Goodbye, Funeral Planning for Those Who Don't Plan to Die.
0: Gail Rubin, the doyen of death, is the author of three award-winning books. In A Good Goodbye, Funeral Planning for Those Who Don't Plan to Die, learn how to save money, reduce family conflict, and minimize stress at a time of grief. Just as talking about sex won't make you pregnant, talking about funerals won't make you dead, and your family will benefit from the conversation. Kicking the bucket list, 100 Downsizing and Organizing Things to Do Before You Die brings a light touch to downsizing and organizing for end-of-life issues. And hail and farewell, cremation ceremonies, templates and tips, helps you easily create meaningful memorial services with sample scripts, suggested readings, and music recommendations. These fine books by Gail Rubin, The Doyin of Death, are available on Amazon and wherever books are sold. For more information, visit a agoodgoodbye.com.
1: Thanks for listening. This is part one of our two-part episode. Stay tuned for part two coming next week.
0: Thank you for joining us on the Doyen of Death podcast. You can find episodes of this podcast and past episodes of A Good Goodbye with Gail Rubin on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information on Gail's work, visit a agoodgoodbye.com.